Amen. You can be seated. Thank God. I feel about four different directions. <laughs> and uh, I'm not going to get all four of them, I can tell you that. Um, when we were singing the, the first song that we sang, this, the uh, part of that song said, You are Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. I uh, felt a question come up to my mind when we were singing that. If he's the beginning and the end, who is the middle? If you, if you think you know the answer, you feel free to say it. Who's the middle? If you're too scared to answer, that's all right. You will not be graded on this by me. <laughs> by me is the key phrase there. If you, if you said, well, the middle is us, me, us, you, the church, I, you're not wrong. If you said the middle is him, you're not wrong. And I just, this is the funniest analogy I could possibly think of that just came into my mind. If you had children and you ever tried to share the bed with them, you know how much the middle is of value. <laughs> the, the, the way I wanted to say it was there, there's not room for us and him in the middle, but we're both in the middle. I mean, he's the alpha, so he was the creator in the beginning, like Elder Hart was saying, before the foundation of the world. And he's the omega, he's the ending, He'll be there after the world is gone. And as the song said, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So today, today is the question mark that I feel in my spirit. What about today? Well, he is. He always is. And we are today. What about today? I was talking to someone recently, and I've said this more than once to different individuals, especially if we start to question, you know, our lives or, or part of our lives or what's going to happen after this, or maybe I need to make this choice because I know it's going to affect this in the future or that decision. If I do, if I do this then what's going to happen? And if I do that, what's going to happen? And, and the, the oftentimes the decisions that we have to make right now, we want to frame them in future context. I want to, I, I know I got to do something and because I, I don't want tomorrow to be like today or it can't be like today or next week or I'm thinking that, that, that popular question, where do you see yourself in five years? Well, what do I need to do so I'm at the right place in five years? There, what I feel in my spirit that the Lord would help us with and what I have said in such situations is you have to do what is right for today. I the scripture says you're not promised tomorrow. 
And I think a lot of times we would, we would rather convince ourselves, uh, I can tell you all about tomorrow. I, can, I, I, I know what needs to be done for tomorrow. I know what tomorrow ought to look like. What about today? You have to do what's right. If you have enough todays and you're not doing what's right on those todays, it doesn't matter about tomorrow. So you have to do what you know is right today. Second Corinthians chapter 6. I'm going to give you a few passages, kind of rapid fire, and then we'll talk about a parable, I believe. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2. The Apostle Paul is writing here, and he's, he's referring back to a book uh, in, in Isaiah, he says, for he saith, and he's talking about the prophet Isaiah. He quotes it. If you want to look at it, it's Isaiah 49 and 8. But he says here, for he saith, I have heard thee in a time accepted, and in the day of salvation have I succored thee. Behold, now is the accepted Time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now, I really like the fact that even in, on the screen as we're looking at it, that verse is in parentheses. What that tells me is Paul is interjecting this phrase or thought or word, this message, into a greater message that he's writing to the church at the time that he's writing it. But he's saying, for he saith, remember that the word of God says. That's the way Paul is saying this. Now, everybody say now. Now, now is the day. <laughs> now is the day, not December 11th is the day, because... December 11th at 11.59 p.m. is today, but it's not now. Now is the day. I guess I'd have to even retract my own statement and say it's not enough to do what is right today. You have to do what is right now. You take a professional procrastinator and they can tell you. First thing they, they want to know is how long does the job take? Not even how much time do I have to do it. The first thing they want to know is how long does this job take? Because I can make it take as long as I need it to take. But how long will it take? Where is the now in that? Everybody say, now is the day. John chapter 9, verse 4. John chapter 9, verse 4. Jesus is speaking here. And he says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. 
the night cometh when no man can work. I want to highlight the fact that he says, I must work the works of him that sent me. You ever had a, a group project before? And maybe, especially if, if you've gone through some type of college, that seems to be when they're the most popular. You get put on a team with three or four or five other people. And as a group, you have an assignment. There's, there's a lot that could be said about such assignments, but if you've ever been a part of something like that, think about the dynamics for a moment of how that plays out. You've got, you got people, ideally, you're all, let's say it's four. Ideally, all four of you have the same goal, but not just the same goal, but the same ideas and thoughts and processes and work ethic and free time and schedule. That's not, that's not realistic, is it? You can't find four people and say, well, they've, oh, they're, they're going to work so well together. No, usually what happens is one of them is acting like he doesn't even know what's going on. What are we doing? Okay, we're not going to lean on him. Somebody else is acting like I would love to, but I can't right now because of this and that okay we can't lean on them and now you got two and I guarantee you those two don't want to do the thing the exact same way now you got two people that want to work but they want to work the way they want to work my idea I think it would be great if we oh yeah I guess that would be cool but I was thinking maybe we should oh what do we got here we got Two people that want to work, but how are they going to work? Jesus says, I must work the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. Isaiah 55 and 6. Book of Isaiah, chapter 55, verse 6. Seek ye the Lord while he may be found. Now, the word that says it that way, while he may be found, tells me he can't always be found. Or, maybe a better way to say it is, there could be a time when he will not be able to be found. Otherwise, wouldn't it, why wouldn't it just say, seek the Lord? At any time. On your time. When it's a good time. When you have time. Seek the Lord when you get a free minute. Seek the Lord next Friday. No, it doesn't. It says, while he may be found, 
seek the Lord. Call ye upon him while he is near. Again, I see the thought that he will not always be near. Imagine, if you would, the man Jesus Christ on the earth and the Lord God tells him, I've got some works for you. And uh, I need you to go, hmm, I need you to go to Jerusalem. I know you're all the way over here. That's a few days journey. But I need you to go there because I've got work I need to be done there. We know Jesus Christ would not say, well, I'm almost done here. Let me wrap up what I'm in the middle of. Father, I am in the middle of an awesome dissertation. And I could see the looks in their eyes. They are with me and we are almost there. Give me three more days to finish this sermon here and then we'll get to Jerusalem. No, obviously he knows better. He says, I must work the works while it's day. The night cometh. And he said, we didn't take the time to read it there, but in the past, right after that he says, while I am in the world, I am the light. The night comes when no man can work, but while I'm here, I'm the light. I can imagine him in that last statement especially, turning and looking at his disciples And saying, are you catching this? While I'm here, there is light. There is day. There is time to work. It won't always be so. Verse 7 here, Isaiah 55. Let the wicked forsake his way, and the unrighteous man his thoughts, and let him return. Everybody say return. Remember the the verse before that said, Seek him while he may be found. And call upon him while he is near. Let him return unto the Lord, and he will have mercy upon him. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. You got to do two things. You got to forsake your way. And you've got to return to the Lord. Matthew 25, 13. The Lord had just finished telling a few parables when he speaks this verse in verse 13. I don't want to dwell on too much and give you too much today, but those parables before, the one he just finished was where he was talking about those that slept through the wedding. And so he says, Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Everybody say watch. 
You don't know when it's going to happen. The day that the Lord returns. So, watch. He went from parable to parable, but he stopped in the middle and said, Watch therefore. Since you don't know. If you got the point of that last story, then the point is, watch. Because you don't know when the bridegroom is going to come and knock on the door for his bride. You don't know when that's going to happen, so watch and be ready. You don't know the day or the hour wherein the Son of Man cometh. Now, I want to take a little bit of time and read chapter uh, 25, verse 14, if you would. And if you, know the, if you know the stories, the Gospels, oftentimes it's recorded in Matthew and in Mark or and Luke or sometimes and John. This parable that we're going to see here, there are very, very uh, close similarities between this and a parable shared in Luke. But there are also some, some significant differences. It almost made me wonder, if I can be honest with you, it made me wonder if Jesus might have told this story more than once and Matthew heard it this way and recorded it the way he heard it and then Luke heard it this way and, and recorded it the way he did. You'll see what I'm talking about. He says, For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. And unto the one he gave five talents, to another he gave two, and another he gave one. To every man, according to his several ability, and straightway took his journey. Jump down to verse 18. I don't want to, like I said, take too much time reading. I want you to see the points here. The one that got one. went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. Jump down to verse 25. In, in the process of this conversation, when the Lord returned, he said, I was afraid. I went and I hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast, that is thine. That's a, that's a weird way of saying, here's your money back. You gave me money? I went and I hid it in the earth. Why? I was afraid. Afraid of what? Afraid of losing it? Afraid of wasting it? Afraid of... It's not mine. I'm just going to put it in safekeeping and give it back to you. So when you get back, here, here's your money back. Verse 27. This is what the master says back to him. Thou oughtest, therefore, to have put my money to the exchangers. And then at my coming, I should have received mine own with usury. That means interest. Gained. I don't want, I don't just want back from you what I gave you. You knew me. 
And therefore, you knew I expected something done with what I gave you. Verse 29. For unto everyone that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away even that which he hath. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Everybody say unprofitable. That's the way that word described that servant. Now look over to Luke chapter 19. I want, to, I want you to see, like I said, the parallels and then some of the differences here. But you get the point of what we just read. I gave you my money. I expected you to do something with it and return back to me, not just my money, but what you did with it and what it profited. Luke 19, verse 12. He said, therefore, a certain nobleman went into a far country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. Verse 13, and he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds. All right, well, now we know we're not just talking about three, right? It says it right there, ten. Delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. But his citizens hated him. Sent a message saying, we will not have this man reign over us. That's kind of the, uh, the unspoken majority there. You see that? Now we, we, we still get whittled down to three and we talk about the three, but what happened to the other seven? Right away it was in their attitude. No thank you. Not interested. I'm not trying to be critical with this statement, but this is their attitude. I don't want to work for you. Verse 15, And it came to pass that when he was returned, having received the kingdom, he commanded these servants to be called to him, to whom he had given money, that he might know how much every man gained, gained by trading. The first came, saying, Lord, thy pound hath gained ten pounds. He said to him, Well done. Verse 18, The second came, Lord, thy pound hath gained five pounds. He said to him, Likewise. Verse 20, Another came, saying, Lord, behold, here is thy pound. Here's your money back, which I have kept laid up in a napkin. <laughs> I took the money that you gave me. I wrapped it up really good. Hopefully you're proud of my wrapping job because that's about the most effort I put into any of this. And then I laid it up. I stored it. I put it away somewhere. But here it is. It's just as much as it was when you gave it to me. I promise you, there's nothing wasted. I promise you, there's nothing lost. It's exactly what you gave me. Keep reading. 
Verse 21, for I feared thee. Okay, now I see a real similarity. The other guy said, I was afraid. And here he says, I feared thee. Because, why, why, why were you afraid? Because you are an austere man. You take what you take up what you didn't lay down. You reap what you didn't sow. Verse 22. And he said to him, out of thine own mouth will I judge you. The things that you say about me, let's see if they're true and accurate and if you really believe them. Thou knewest that I was an austere man. Actually, he already said it, wicked servant. I'll judge you, wicked servant. You knew I was an austere man, taking that which I didn't lay down, reaping what I didn't sow. Verse 23, Wherefore then gavest thou not my money into the bank? I'm just judging you based on what you said about me. I'm not interested in this what you wrapped up and gave back to me, if, if what you say about me is true, and that's your depiction of who I am, then why didn't you act that way? Why didn't you act like you believe what you said? Why didn't you give my money to the bank? That at my coming I might have received mine own with usury. Now, I, 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 I'm not just trying to infer things and make up a story. What I see from the other two that we read about was, here's your five, or here's your ten that gained ten. Here's your ten that gained five. He didn't look at the one that only got five back and say, why didn't you do the same thing that the guy that did ten? Where, where's my other five? No. He's saying, well done. You took what I gave you and you worked with it. I'm not looking for the payout. I'm looking for the work. Well done. And he rewarded him in kind. But then he sees the one that proved I didn't want to work. And he repaid him in kind. Verse 24. He said to him, Take from him the pound and give it to him that hath ten pounds. And they said to him, Lord, <laughs> he hath ten pounds. For I say unto you, Take unto everyone which hath, that unto everyone which hath, he hath shall be given. From him that hath not, even that he hath shall be taken away. And then, in case you were wondering about the other seven, Verse 27, but those, mine enemies, the ones that didn't even, what did they do with their 10 pounds? Oh, that, what, what, that, I thought that was my handout. I thought that you were, you know, you gave that to me and I let you know that I wasn't interested and you didn't ask for that back. Those, mine enemies, which would not that I should reign over them, Bring hither and slay them before me. Wow, we just had to change ratings of this story. 
Bring them hither and slay them before me, my enemies. I just want to point out a few things about these stories that we read. The Lord expects us to take what he has given to us and he expects it to multiply. Now, he doesn't necessarily expect it to double because we can't control the market. But he expects us to take what he's given to us and work with it. I got to stop right there and say, if my attitude is, I don't think I want to work today. What's to stop him from saying, okay, I'll just take all my stuff back. How much of my stuff is really his stuff? And that will answer, that. Uh, I should get really nervous. Well, uh, this tie, right? You, you let me have this tie, right? You can have it back. All right, that's a start. But you know what? I gave you a lot more than that. How about the breath? It's in your lungs. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Oh, well, can I have another chance? Uh, I, I, we, is overtime available? Because I can make up for this little time that I didn't do. He expects us to take what he has given us and work with it. He expects profit. Now, don't get nervous, and I'm not talking about money or finances or anything like that. And I'm actually not even saying you have to make sure the things that are beyond your control go the right way. You can't do that. The Lord doesn't expect that from us. Why? It's the nature of it being beyond our control. But do you really think he would give you 10 pounds, $10, and say, take that $10, go invest it wisely, and then he controls the market? You really think he would turn it badly so that he could come back to you and say, what are you doing? No. He, he controls that. I would look back at him and say, what are you doing? I, I, you're in charge of this, not me. I must work the works of him that sent me while it's day. Lord, you give me a job to do and I'm going to do it. And how it turns out, you're the boss. Ah. <laughs> uh. I know this was the attitude. I know that you reap where you don't sow. I wonder if we have seen enough in our lives, enough of the Lord to be able to say that that's true. He gives increase. He causes things to turn for good when they really shouldn't. Have I seen, if that's my opinion of him, if I know that about him, then I can put myself right in the middle of this story and say, Lord, wait a second, I know you. 
You take away all my excuses. I didn't want to do this because of this. Well, what about so-and-so? Oh, that's right. Well, yeah, but you made me like this. Well, what about so-and-so? Okay, yeah, you're right. You're taking away all my excuses, Lord. In one passage, a servant took what was given to him, kept it laid up in a napkin, like storing it on the shelf. In another, the servant hid in the earth and buried it. He kept it a secret. I don't... I, I can, I can say this with all sincerity. There is no one here that the Lord has not given to. You wouldn't be here, my friend, if he hadn't given us what he's given us. Now we get to work down to this little thing called attitude. Yeah. He, he gave me this, but he didn't give me that. Okay, so what does that mean? You don't have to do anything for him because he didn't bless you according to your barometer? Oh. Take from him even that which he has. Nobody's starting with nothing. Now, now that means that means you showed up to work. You got here somehow. I don't know how you got here, but you're here to work. I'm going to take away the means that you had to get here to work. You had something. I'm not just interested in my money back. If, I, if you've proven to me that you're not going to work with what you have, I'm not going to let you have anything. Attitude. Ooh, that'll change my attitude real fast. I need that transportation. It could be, I don't know. I'm just going to be honest with you for a second. I, I, I wrote down a few possible reasons to me why someone would take what the Lord has given them and hide it rather than use it. Bury it rather than put it to work. Store it rather than invest it. What are some reasons why? Maybe he didn't want the responsibility that came along with it. Lord, I, I don't even want to play this game. Don't give me anything. Too late. You're here, aren't you? May, just, I know responsibility is a big word. And we don't always uh, look forward to it. Because with responsibility comes expectation. 
I don't want any expectations on me, Lord. Don't put any expectations on me, Lord. Okay, you know, about the only way that I can do that is take away every single thing that I ever gave you. You, I don't remember the meeting where you came to me and said, let me be born. I don't remember, I don't recall a time where we sat down and divided up the assets and you agreed to take this. Nope, I created you. And I gave you these things. Maybe he didn't want the responsibility. Maybe he was ashamed of it. I don't want people knowing this is what I got. Why? Because with it still comes responsibility and expectation. I would rather, I'm not trying to be critical, please understand. But I, I'm wondering if there's an attitude out there that would say, I know it is, oh, that's not it, got to rewind. I was in high school once, I know this is a real attitude. I wonder if someone would rather say, I would just prefer they not even know I'm Christian. Why? Because with that comes responsibility and expectation. No thanks, I'm not interested in that. I, 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 now, I'm saying I, I know that that attitude exists because I've had it before. And I'm being kind to myself by saying I was in high school once. I was also 35 and 36. Let's keep going, amen. I don't want to be ashamed of it. This is what Paul said. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. Maybe he thought it was just for safekeeping. Because the, it, 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 is, it is possible that we not have the proper understanding until we are educated. And so the scripture says we have this treasure in earthen vessels. He's given us the treasure, but maybe my, res my response is, okay, so does that mean I just uh, live, do my own thing, live my own life with no expectation on me? Let me ask you this question. How much do you value the treasure that's inside there? If it has very little value, then I'm not going to take very much care of it. But if it is of great value, the scripture says in another place, it's like a man that found a treasure in a field. And he said that little treasure in that whole field the value of that treasure is greater than the price of the whole field you know what i could do i could take just the little bit that i own i could go and sell that get the money for the price of the field but what i'm really doing is i'm buying i'm purchasing the treasure 
What do I see there? I see a responsible person. I see somebody that knows the value of the treasure. The, the, mm. Regardless of the reasons of why somebody might, might not use, put to work, the thing that God has given them, the master expects you to work with it. He expects you to use it. In the parable in Luke, he gave them all the same amount and they all got different returns. He was equally pleased with the first two and gave them equal reward. His instruction was occupy until I come. The word occupy means to carry on the business. Work. It's another way of saying work. Until I return. But then he said when he got back, he wanted to see what they had gained by trading. Remember we read that in the verse? To me, I see the understanding that he expects gain by trading. The Lord pours out his spirit on all of us. It's a gift that he gives to us. He leaves it with you, and he leaves it with you, and he leaves it with you, and he leaves it with you. The gift. And then he expects the gift that he left to be used, to be put into operation. I'm not just going to leave you with this gift and expect you to never use it. Christmas is coming up. Do we have to go down this road? Somebody's going to get a present, and they're not going to use it. And they're not going to want to see the gift giver to see that the gift has not been used. My wife still has... Oh, we won't go there. It has to do with a sewing machine. That's all I'm going to say. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> the gift giver does not want to see that the gift has not been even opened, put into use. So why does he give me the Holy Ghost then? To teach, to guide, to lead. It's like me giving somebody a compass for a gift. Brother Zario, this is going to get you where you need to go. Let's get 2022. This is, a, this is an iPhone with maps on it. I downloaded it myself, and it is updated. Don't get lost. And then he gets lost. And then I wonder, did you use the thing I gave you? Well, uh... I knew that you don't like broken screens on your iPhones, so I hid that thing really well. That's not what I gave it to you for. He expects us to use what he's given us. 
in Matthew, the parable calls him an unprofitable servant, and he said, wicked and slothful servant. Why? Because the attitude was, I'm giving you back what is yours. You can stand with me. I'm getting ready to close here. Go back to what I said at the beginning. Today is the day. I wonder. I wonder if the Lord ever has to look at us and say, when are you going to use that gift that I gave you? When are you going to take the things that I've put in your life and put them into operation? Now, I, I know and I realize I'm not trying to be critical or harsh on anybody because we do get caught up in our stuff, our day, our life, our responsibilities. I got to do this. I have to go there. I have to be here. I have to be that. Now, a problem that I could foresee is if I have convinced myself that a gift that I received wasn't really from the Lord, but I told myself it's from the Lord. This, this is an interesting uh, feeling. I cannot use anything in my life as an excuse to not do what God wants me to do. We can, you can talk about people, you can talk about relationships, you can talk about jobs, you can talk about whatever. Here's why. Because in one conversation, on one hand, I would say, I'm so thankful that the Lord gave me this job. And on the other hand, I would say, sorry, Elder, I can't make it because I've got to be at work today. Wait a second. The Lord gave you something that's keeping you from being able to do what He wants you to do? I don't think He's confused. I think He knows a little more than the fact that if I get this, it's going to take me away from Him. been praying elder I've been praying for a significant other to come into my life I need them I'm weak without them I think the Lord brought one into my life now I won't be at prayer or I won't be at service next Sunday I won't be at Bible study because the Lord brought this person into my life He 
He's the giver of good gifts. He's the giver of good gifts. We like to receive any kind of gift. Oh, what is it? It's got my name on it. I don't even care what it is. I'm taking it. I said the word attitude, and that, my friend, is a selfish attitude. I've got to do today, now, I've got to do the thing that is right. I've got to do it with what he's given me. If, he, if, if I've got stuff in my life and it's, my life is full of all these things that I, on one hand I think, well, the Lord let me have this, but on the other hand I think I can't please the Lord while I've got this, I've got, what is the word said, he came back, the master came back for a reckoning. A reckoning. I want to see what you've done with what I gave you. We're going to open up the ledger and go through the line items and see, has my servant been profitable? This is an individual message to individuals but I'm preaching it at church to the church. Why? Because we all need this. You like it or not, you're in the group project with the person next to you. You're in it with me. I'm in it with you. I don't want you to just be right to be a better person. We're in the same group. We're working on the same project. I'd like you to pray. I'm going to open this altar. I'm asking you, if you would, just find a place. Come on, let this be your your individual time of reconciling with the Lord. Lord, I want to work with you. I want to work for you. I want to work, God, and labor as you would direct me, Jesus. While it is day, God, while I have this time, Jesus, while I have the ability to operate, while I have the time given to function, Lord, I want to work the works of Him that would send me. Jesus, the things that You desire to do in my life and through my life. God, I want to be a fellow laborer with You. I want to be in the yoke with You, God, accomplishing the work and the purpose that you would desire to have done. God, I give all that I have back to you. Right now in this moment, Jesus, the things you've given unto me, God, I give them back to you that they could be sowed into your kingdom because I know that you control every harvest. I know that, God, you bring every increase. It's not a work that I can produce on my own, Lord, but I'm working with you. I'm giving you what I have to give. I'm offering myself, Lord Jesus. Take this life that I have, God. I don't want it to be wasted, Lord Jesus. 
I don't want it to be hidden, Lord God. I don't want it to be stored away privately. God, I want this life, this life that you've given us, allowed us to have, God. I want it to be in operation in your kingdom. let the Lord talk to you let him talk to you about your life let him talk to you about the things in your life the jobs, the relationships all that he's given to you all that he will put in your life come on let him know whatever you give me God whatever you give me God I'm going to use it for your kingdom whatever you place into my hand Lord I'm trusting you with it. I want to be led by your Spirit. I want to be led and guided by your Spirit, Lord. Lead us and guide us according to the work of your Spirit, according to the plan that you have for us. somebody let the Lord use you to minister to them we're in a room of brothers and sisters right now and the Lord desires to minister to us and through us would you let him lead you would you be sensitive to his spirit let him flow through you come on let him stir up a gift let him stir up a gift that he's given to you
where you are, would you just lift your voice to Him? Just talk with Him right there where you are. I know you, you, many of you are praying, some have been praying, but just in this place where we are right now, talking with Him, talking with Him. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. We will. Yes, Lord. We will work while it is day. Yes, Lord. We will put to use that which you have put into our spirit, our hands, our lives. Yes, Lord. Recognize that we have heard and received a timely, clear, and needful word of the Lord today. From the Lord. From the Lord. Not just of the Lord. From the Lord. Speaking to us. Speaking to us. Inviting us into what He's called us to do. Now, you can't do anything about the past. Put it under the blood. Truly, put it under the blood. Genuinely, truly, repent, put it under the blood, and then live and walk now. As Elder Flowers so clearly shared under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. Now. You know that verse, is it Luke 19 and 27 that you read from? Luke 19 and 27, there, the whole issue for me when, I, when he was reading that, I was like, this is where it all lies. And, you know, the issue isn't how much you got. As was clearly shared, it's what did you do with you get, what you got. I work and live in the financial world, and I always, I hear every kind of story about, well, if I had... And the issue is never about what they have. It's about what they're doing with what they have. I think that's why the Lord used money as in this parable. The issue is always what you do with what. And again, it was far greater than a financial thing. It was about what are you doing with what you have, as we've heard. I can't tell you how many times I've watched Sister Flowers or my son play and think, man, I wish I could do, anybody ever wish you could do that? Like, I mean, it looks so effortless. Like, look, she's just looking over here smiling. And it's beautiful. And it's anointed. And man, I'm like, it's not my talent. It's not my talent. I've wished it was sometimes, many times. I've even had this idea, I'm going to take time and learn to play. <laughs> Anybody know what I'm talking about? Not my talent. 
And the deception of the adversary is to get me to look at someone else's talent and say, if I, then I. And the Lord has been so clear. What are you doing with what you've got? But the issue, I know you have that verse right there. Can you put it up there? Watch. In all of this, I've never seen this before. Thank you so much, Elder Flowers, for the word of the Lord. He called the people that did nothing his enemies. He gave them something. He called them his enemies. And why were they his enemies? Because they would not that I should reign over them. That's the whole issue. The whole issue is whether I'm doing what I'm supposed to do with what he's given me. The whole issue is whether I'll allow him to reign over me or not. Who's in charge of my life? That's the issue. Who's king? His kingdom or my kingdom? That's the whole issue. The talent. The issue is that the fact that I've only got one or two and you've got five or six and then I would if I had what you... No, the issue is you're letting God reign over you. I'm not. I... I'm going to put them on the spot. I'm not going to make them come up or anything. But I, I, often, I often think about Brother Israel here. Cutting hair every day. I have no desire to cut hair. Cutting hair every day. Daily. Now, he's talking to people about Jesus. Now, ain't nobody in here that said, man, if I cut hair, I'd talk to people about Jesus. Is that right? What's he doing? Now, he's occupying. He's about the Father's business while he's doing what the Father's given him to do. He's telling people, talking to people, engaging in conversation. Can I finish with this story for example's sake? I was in meetings Thursday and Friday in Olympia. I wanted to be home. I don't like being away from home. I'd left Wednesday, was there, ready to be home. We had a thing here Friday night. When I'd woke up Friday morning, there's a young man that I'd worked with through the years that lives on that side of the mountains. He was on my heart. And I woke up in prayer. He's calling his name. I knew the Lord had put him on my heart. And it just so happened when we finished our meetings on Friday that I knew I'd go right by the branch that he ran. I thought, you know, I'll just stop on the way out of town real quick. And you ever just want to get home? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You just want to get home. This is the now. Now. Today. I just wanted to get home. Three and a half hours, the forecast said that it could start snowing on the pass. I just wanted to get home. Right? I'm as human as you are. That's why I'm telling this story, not to talk about me. We're, we're human. But we've been given something. And I decided when I got in my car from the meeting place, I think I'm just going to go on home and I'll send him a message. <laughs> Sorry. We're human. I'm just going to go home. And so I get in my car, I'm headed, 
and wouldn't you know the light turned red and it's backed up and I'm sitting right there where I could turn into the parking lot and go talk to him or just go on see the Lord's merciful who gives you opportunity so I turned in thank God thank you for your mercy I turned in I walked in he wasn't there and I didn't see his vehicle in the park I thought well must have just supposed to be ready for him better ask I just wanted to go home that's what some of you are saying right now just hurry up we want to go home. <laughs> they said oh no no he's in the back give us a minute we'll go get him he went and got him he came out he's like oh Joel he comes out hugs my neck come in come, come in you got a minute you got in we go in. I said, how are you doing? Oh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Yeah, yeah, you know the job. This, 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 this. I looked at him. I said, no, really? How are you doing? What's going on? How? He immediately turned. He said, I'm not doing good. I'm not doing well. I don't know. 48 years old. I don't know if I'm supposed to keep doing this or if I'm supposed to. I don't know direction. I was there over an hour. You know, when you get in the flow of the Spirit of God, you lose track of time. I wasn't watching my watch. I couldn't believe it had been an hour when we got done. Probably best I didn't know. I'd have been antsy. <laughs> but I kid you not, sitting in his office at the credit union, there's a flow of ministry that's taking place. We spoke of repentance. I said, you need to repent. You need to. I, I didn't say it harshly. There was love. We were both sitting there weeping at his desk. We're talking about the lack of repentance being a, a road to hell. I mean, it was, it was like usually think you're if you're speaking repentance in heaven, hell, it's very hard. It wasn't. There was so gentle. It was so love. It was received. There was a flow. There was a... See, we always want big things, don't we? What's the big thing with my talent? Just now. Thank you, Elder Flowers, for the word of the Lord. I receive it today. Do you receive the word of the Lord today? I receive the word of the Lord today. Would you express that to the Lord right now before we go? Lord, I receive your word in my spirit. Don't let it just be an altar experience that I had. I thank you for the communion with you in the altar today. But God, this word that we've heard of you, we receive it into our spirit. Etch it upon the fleshly tables of our heart. Let us live and walk in it from this very moment forward that your will would be done through us. We will make full use of the talents you've given us for your glory and your purpose. I pray your blessing, your favor, your strength on this people anointing your word in their mouth great grace upon every life open doors that men cannot shut open doors that men cannot shut in the name of Jesus open doors that men cannot shut and yet there be a boldness come upon your people to speak the word of God in faith nothing wavering let there be a clarity and a boldness given of the Holy Ghost then I pray a confirming of your word. God, you've given us the talent. 
we are not responsible for the increase. Just simply planting, watering with what you've given us. You will provide the increase. You will provide the increase. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Aren't you so thankful that you came to the house of the Lord today? Amen. God bless you. Please greet your brother. Greet your sister. Amen. Again, they'll have books for you if you're interested. You're dismissed in Jesus' name.